something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A. And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I started to realize that not being an expert isn't a liability, it's a real gift. If we don't know something about ourselves at this point in our life, it's probably because it's uncomfortable to know. If you can die before you die, then you can really live. There's a wisdom at death's door. I thought I was insane, yeah. And I didn't know what to do because there was no internet. I don't know, man, I'm like, I feel like everything is hard. Hey y'all, my name is Kat. I'm a human first and a licensed therapist second. And right now, I'm inviting you into conversations that I hope encourage you to become more curious and less judgmental about yourself, others, and the world around you. Welcome to You Need Therapy. Hi guys, and welcome to a new episode of You Need Therapy podcast. My name is Kat, I am the host. And for those of you that are new, one, thank you for being here. Well, thank you, everybody. But also for those of you who are new, I have a little disclaimer. Although I'm a therapist, although this podcast is called You Need Therapy, it does not serve as a replacement or a substitute for any actual mental health services. However, we always hope that it can still help you in some way. So I'm recording this on a Friday, and it is the fifth snow day. For anyone who doesn't know where I live, I live in Nashville. And it doesn't snow here often. It doesn't snow like this often. And so everything kind of shuts down. And I personally don't know how to exist <laughs> and do basic tasks when the weather is like this. And when I and when we can't drive, we're just not set up to be able to handle this stuff because I guess it only happens every once in a while. But still, I don't know how a lot of things work in the world. But I would think that like, we would want to be prepared in these moments because they do happen not multiple times a year, but it happened last year, it happened this year. So anyway, th- that's just my long-winded way of saying I've been stuck in my house for five days. Luckily, I'm not alone. I am with my fiance, Patrick. But I've realized, I think it was on Wednesday, I realized I had not like felt the sun on my face. 
So I started taking some vitamin D. (laughs) And then Thursday, I tried to, yesterday, I tried to actually go to work because I just wanted to be in the presence of people. I wanted to be in the world. And I actually got stuck at a stop sign. My car wouldn't go. It was like a very baby, baby, baby slope and it wouldn't go forward. And I kind of panicked because I don't understand cars. I'm not a very good driver and I have a lot of driving anxiety. And this very kind person pulled up that was behind me. Her car seemed to be running just fine. And she kind of helped coach me through what to do to get out of the stuck spot I was in. So I'm very grateful to her. I think she probably noticed that I was on edge. It's anxiety provoking in general to have car trouble. And I felt a lot of pressure because people kept pulling up behind me and probably being like, go. There also was a lot of people driving yesterday and maybe they just are more comfortable driving in in weather like that. And I mean, like the roads were covered with snow and that's not something we are used to and that I grew up knowing how to navigate. I also don't have four wheel drive, even though I do have a Jeep. People are very surprised by that, but not all Jeeps are four wheel drive or all wheel drive, which I also learned are different things. Anyway, a lot of people were driving very, very close to me and I was driving about five miles per hour, which is probably why they're driving that close. I personally would not want to drive that close to somebody in an environment where they could lose control at any moment. I guess people in general don't have the same feelings I have about driving in the snow. All that to say, I made it to a gas station. I was able to put some air in my tire because those were low. And then I turned right around and went home. Had to cancel some of my clients because of the time that all took me. But I made it back. Very grateful for that. Very grateful for the person who helped me. And not grateful to be stuck here again because I woke up to more snow and a little bit of melting that then now is turning into freezing because it is about 20 degrees outside and going to continue to drop. I wonder if this is very frustrating and annoying for people to hear, for people to hear about, or maybe just funny that live in more treacherous areas that this is like no big deal to them. I know Houston, who edits this podcast and produces it, the lake behind him was frozen and they get like feet of snow. I think we got about six inches. I don't know if you find this funny or silly. I'd be interested to know because it's a big deal to me. Hopefully we're able to walk somewhere today and maybe get some food or or meet friends. I'm I'm ready to do that. All right. So to the podcast content, I thought this week I could offer you guys a more lighthearted and fun episode. Part of that, full disclosure, is because there are a couple topics I'm really working on and those episodes are going to take a little bit more brain power and energy. I really want to take my time on them. So there are some deeper, not that this won't end up being deep, we never know where it can go. There are, there are some other episodes that I'm working on that I, I have in the system. And so as I'm doing those, it's really nice. And I think it can also, for me, be very invigorating, I think, to do some episodes that are just about things I'm interested in, like last week's things that I'm just thinking about myself and things that sometimes can just be fun and not so, not there's anything wrong with it, but bring levity to some topics that sometimes get really deep. Sometimes it's fun to think about more simple things and also bring some some fun into it because that's part of this process. And that's part of the reason I created this podcast is that so we can all see that doing work and working on ourselves and all of this stuff that therapy encompasses 
also gets to be fun and can be lighthearted at times. And we need that in order to continue to to do the work. And I need that to continue to do the work that I'm doing. Things can't always feel heavy all the time because that's not how we're wired to find the most value and enjoyment out of our lives. So that's what we're going to do today. So lately, and when I say lately, it's like a couple years. (laughs) It's been a couple years, but it's still happening. I've been becoming more aware and more intrigued of the process of getting older. And that includes also getting old and feeling old. Those can be different and the same. And I think that part of that probably comes from the idea that as time goes by, I'm slowly becoming closer to the great equalizer that is death. And that just is makes sense, right? As long as we are growing, we are also at the same time dying. As I age, I'm realizing so do the people that are older than me. And the idea that those people are going to be frozen in, in time and here forever becomes, I think, just more prevalent. And then the idea that I won't be here forever. You know, I think we've all probably felt that feeling of indestructibleness as we were kids and as we would look forward into our lives, look at the future and everything felt in front of us. And now as I'm getting older and I'm experiencing life, a lot of things are behind me. And so that is bringing some awareness of the cycle of life. And also part of me doesn't want to say this out loud, but part of that process of me noticing myself getting older and then me noticing the people older than me getting older, part of the reason that that strikes me as so, I don't know it's scary, but big of a deal, why it's why it's such a big deal is because I see my parents aging and I just become more aware of the fact that they are not always going to be here and also they aren't always going to be in the same role that they've been my whole life. It, it's kind of weird. I kind of, I don't know. My parents have like felt 45 my entire life and now they're not, they're in their 60s and Again, I don't really want to say this because I don't really know that I want them to know that I think about that because it just sounds so depressing. Again, it's reality. And I don't think it's an uncommon thought that cycles through a lot of our brains and kind of freaks us out at times. So like I said, this has been happening for a couple of years. I think more recently, the past three-ish years, I'm 34, so maybe around like after like the newness and the funness of 30 wore off. Also, a lot of this has happened throughout the pandemic, and I think that has a lot lot to do with it too, but I've just become more acutely aware that I am what I used to consider older. Maybe not necessarily old, but older, and it is such a weird experience. I haven't figured out the right word to use. I'm at the age where I could have a full-fledged family and it not be an accident, and if I like got pregnant, it wouldn't be a scandal. Like that is, that's an interesting realization to come into. And what's also odd is knowing you are the age of an adult and I could have those things, but I'm also not there yet. I don't know if that's unique to millennials. I am millennial. So I, I feel it is because I, I imagine that our parents' generation or my parents' generation didn't feel this maybe because they got married so young. My mom got married, I think at 20 or 21 and then had kids a year or so after she got married. I think that's correct. 
but they just felt like adults very early on. And that's maybe what my imagination has played in. But I felt like it's been a very slow process where I still feel like I'm getting there, even though I'm at the age of an adult. And I had all these assumptions about what adulthood would be and the confidence that came with knowing or even just the confidence that came from being an adult that then I would know how to do certain things like pay taxes or find a dentist or buy certain kinds of insurance. And I don't know, that never really showed up for me. I'm still very confused about a lot of those things that I thought would just like be implanted. I guess, I don't know. I thought I would wake up at 27, be married, have a couple kids and know how to shop for insurance. And I'm kind of curious as were my parents faking it or, or does my generation, did they miss some class we were all supposed to do about insurance or like maybe it's just me. And I mean, speaking of insurance, I've had this issue. <laughs> this is why it might be on my brain. I had this issue where, I mean, I have to buy my own insurance and I used to get it on marketplace and then I found it through another company, but I have had it for myself because I'm self-employed. So I don't have like a, business or a company that offers me certain packages and then I pick, I I have my own. And I recently went to a new dentist, thought everything's fine. Long story short, I find out that I have pediatric dental insurance. (laughs) And I'm like, how did this happen? Does this happen to other people? And I, it's a mistake. And I, I know that it happens to other people, but it's one of those things of like, dang, I thought I was doing the adult thing. And I thought that I would have this knowledge. It all goes into what I was just saying. And then it's like, no, you bought dental insurance for somebody 19 and younger. I don't understand how they let you do that. The people that I talked on the customer service line said, I don't know. It just seems to happen sometimes. I'm like, there should be like a block. There should be some kind of thing that makes that not possible. But today's episode is not about dental insurance. And One of the things that I think first contributed to my oldness or my feeling of oldness was realizing that millennials, which is my generation again, that we were no longer the problem child. We were no longer the generation that people would complain about. And, you know, millennials never want to work and so many things. And I've noticed that people are complaining about other generations and we are no longer, sometimes we're the generation that's actually complaining about other generations. And that was, I think, a big wake up call. I think that probably started happening during the pandemic at some point when Gen Z kind of had and started to have more of an impression on us, mostly through the rise of, I think, TikTok. And as that happened, what also happened is... Instagram became to Gen Z, which used to be cool, right? Instagram used to be cool. What Facebook now is to millennials, right? So our parents' generation is using Facebook. We used to do that. Then they kind of took it over. And then we had Instagram and then Gen Z started TikTok. And then like, we're, I don't know how to use TikTok. Like that was like this old running joke. And I think that is, was also a wake up call. Like, oh, we aren't even like in the know of like the cool social media. And I've talked about this writer, journalist named Anne Helen Peterson. I've I've used a lot of her writing on other episodes because I find what, what she has to say so interesting. And she does a lot of really great culture content and recently came out with a new podcast that I'm excited to get into. But I found an article as I was doing some, you know, internet research about 
the process of getting older and if it was just me. And I found this article she wrote about millennials getting older, which I was like, this is literally perfect. And it really spoke to me on so many levels. I'm going to link the whole article in case anybody wants to read the whole thing because she talks about a lot more than what I'm going to talk about. But this part at first really, really captured what I think I've been trying to say for the past five minutes. And in her article, she writes... Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This part at first really, really captured what I think I've been trying to say for the past five minutes. And in her article, she writes, Something interesting happens when you realize your generation isn't the center of the discourse anymore. I'm not even talking about being the locus of cool. 
more like you just seem to matter less. People are less anxious about you, less mad about you. If anything, they seem slightly annoyed by you. You're no longer the future. You're the well-worn middle. And I feel like for me, since the war on skinny jeans kind of commenced a couple years ago, I have been forced to realize I am now of the same age of people that I used to look at and say things like, they dress really cute for their age. You know, like looking at your teachers or maybe your friend's moms and being like, oh, wow, they dress really cool for being a mom or something like that. I'm at that age. And as that has been happening behind the scenes, somewhere along that process, I don't think I realized when exactly this happened, but I also started caring more about the comfort and sensibility of a shoe versus the style of what it was. And that really has been a wake up call to me. Me and my sister used to, I mean, we still do joke about wearing a sensible shoe because it's something that our grandparents would say. And I now choose shoes because of their comfort level and refuse to wear shoes that hurt my feet, at least for long periods of time. It's not worth it. And I'm just having this wake up call to a level of adulthood that I thought would always be in my future versus my actual reality, my present. And I guess also what I'm saying, I I talked about this on Instagram last week, is I know that I have suffered from some sort of or form of forever young delusional syndrome until I found myself in my closet getting rid of these nonsensible shoes and digging through a closet of skinny jeans and realizing that the the clothes that I have are not the clothes that the kids are wearing these days for lack of a better way to say that. And I don't know if that started when I was watching an episode of Call Her Daddy, which some of those episodes are really good. I used to not like that podcast. Some of those episodes have been really fun and interesting to watch and listen to. But I was watching one day this episode where Morgan Stewart, who is like a pop culture, you know, host of sorts, she was telling the host, Alex Cooper, about, you know, what's in, what's out. And she said, ankle boots that have a heel are unacceptable. And I don't know about the people listening, but half of the shoes in my closet were ankle booties that I wore with my skinny jeans. And there was that slight, you know, you could have that little um, space of skin between where your your skinny jeans stopped and where your ankle booties started. And recently I've heard, oh, you know, when you wear your tennis shoes, you're supposed to wear high socks. And I'm like, oh, I don't die. I mean, I thought we were supposed to wear no-show socks. So all of that has just been really, not that it's the biggest deal in the world for me. I think also with all of this, it comes the adult part of me saying, you know, I don't really care if I have socks that are comfortable and I like and and they don't show the skin when I'm wearing my tennis shoes, I'll wear them, but I'm not going to go out of my way to continue to buy the right socks with my outfits, especially for that part of my outfits. And I'm going to keep my skinny jeans. I might buy some other jeans because, you know, I really have enjoyed this trend of the baggier jeans, very comfortable. But I don't know that I care to throw my skinny jeans away because I like them. And and they have been, the high-waisted skinny jeans have been good friends of mine for years. And so I became very curious about all of this as I was thinking about it. And like I said, I, I posted some of this on Instagram last week and I asked what the kind of realities of your own adulthood surprised you. What did you think you were going to kind of be immune to until you woke up in the middle of it? And 
you guys sent me some really good answers. I want to read some of them and maybe talk about them. A lot of them were, were the same. You got, a lot of you guys said the same things, and I think that is very interesting. And a lot of you were very, very confused about the ankle booty thing as well. And so I think part of that is we're going to unite and continue to wear the shoes that we enjoy versus the shoes that somebody is telling us we should wear or not. And I do think that part of that comes from being an adult, from being older and realizing that we aren't the epitome of cool and that's not our goal anymore. And it kind of feels nice to be here. I, I Some of the things that you guys sent in, I'm like, yeah, me too. And also I like it here. So let's get into some of those things and what they were. So somebody said, as a kid, I was confused why my parents didn't know how old they were. I'm 27 and I get it now, <laughs> which that's funny because... I felt that when I was turning, I'm 34, when I was turning 33, I was like, wait, am I turning 33 or am I 33? And as our birthdays start to kind of matter less and we might not want to pay attention to the number as much. Yeah, I totally get that. And that used to be, I used to be so confused by that as well. Somebody else said, I save lunch meat, cheese and Cool Whip containers, which you must have really nice lunch meat and cheese containers Mine come in, in bags, but the Cool Whip containers, I, I made a dish this Christmas or sometime last year that had a lot of Cool Whip in it. And, you know, that was my grandmother. Save the Cool Whip containers, would save, actually save Ziploc bags. And it's funny because you would get something out of the freezer and it would have a date on it and like the name of something and it wouldn't be what was in there it's because these are now reusable containers. I've been saving the Chinese takeout containers, you know, they don't come in just those, you know, paper boxes anymore. You're getting these reusable containers and I'm all for that. It saves us a buck or two at Walmart. Another person said, I've become passionate about vacuums functionality and I talk about it with other people. I get that. A lot of people talked about vacuums. A lot of people said that vacuums are really important to them these days. And, you know, I agree. Having heated discussions about which grocery store is the best with friends. I get that too. You know, there's a, a debate my fiance and I used to have about Publix and Trader Joe's. And while Trader Joe's doesn't have as many items and all the things that Publix has, it is a more exciting store, I find. And I still miss doing my normal grocery store shopping there because I did lose that battle, mainly because Publix is closer to us. A lot of you guys said, but this is just a quote from one person, how much I love going to bed early and feeling thankful for feeling rested the next day. That was a big deal for a lot of you is the awakening of enjoying going to bed early and enjoying waking up early and having the whole day instead of sleeping in. This was interesting and I get this too. Professional sports players peak at an age that is younger than me. And somebody else said, when I realized celebrities are younger than me, and that has been wild, especially as we, and as I've noticed that like the people that were cool when I was younger, like Justin Timberlake, or I mean like Britney Spears, or all of these like bands, Paramore, Green Day, all these bands that were like the bands growing up and the people to go see like Pink, Avril Lavigne, a lot of them are still making music and still working, but they're not like the cool thing anymore. And I think it was NSYNC. Maybe it was the Backstreet Boys. One of those boy bands did like, I th- no, it was, it was NSYNC because they recently did this reunion on an award show of some sort. And it was the biggest deal ever. And I'm like, remember when this used to just be like the act? And Justin Timberlake isn't the coolest guy on the block anymore. I wonder if he feels that or if, anyway, that was actually really interesting is that like the 
and, and it's an experience that, you know, we've heard our parents talk about of, you know, in my day, or I used to listen to them when I was young. And it's like, they aren't cool anymore, mom. That's been very odd to experience. Also, when like the people that you're listening to now, you're like, oh, that person's 21. And I'm a fan of theirs. That feels so strange. Okay. Another person said increasing the font size on my phone. And oh my gosh, I haven't done that yet. But it's one of those things that I've been known to make fun of my mom for. And I am not going to love the day when that gets thrown back in my face. Somebody said, becoming my father and noticing Prince and Grime on every door and light switch. And oh my gosh, that's not exactly what I've noticed. But in the sense of just caring about things that you used to not care about in that way, like caring about settling up certain areas of the house or organizing certain things or stuff that just wasn't important to you is now actually very important to you. (laughs) Another person said chin hairs, which is so funny to me. Waking up and noticing that like, oh, I get like a random hair in spots that (laughs) I used to look at other people and being like, why do you have that hair there? Very, very interesting. A couple of you guys said stuff about needing to prioritize stretching. Yeah. I mean, the, what, 60 seconds of stretching I used to do as a kid before and after, if that, soccer practice. And I was like, oh, I don't need to stretch. I don't stretch. Stretching's not important. And now these days I'm I'm like going to bed using a heating pad on my back on and off because probably of all of those years I did not stretch properly. Now my muscles are just so fatigued and out of out of whack. And, you know, my hip feels out of alignment and all of that stuff is actually catching up to me. Refusing to go to concerts too late. And this, yes, I will say I've always been kind of an early bird, but I've said that multiple times. Why does the show have to start so late? Why does it start at 9 p.m.? Can we start at 7? And right before the pandemic hit, I had tickets to a Chelsea Cutler concert. And I went to my friend's house before and I asked her when she started because I think there might have been an opener or something like that. And she looked at me and she it was either 8 or 9 o'clock. I want to say it was nine. And I just said, you know, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to that concert. And I just bailed right before we were going to leave. Turns out, literally the world shut down like two days later. That was the last concert I would have gone to in years. I don't know that I regretted that though, because I really liked going home and being able to just go to bed. Somebody else said going to work and coming home just to say my feet hurt. And I agree that goes with kind of the stretching stuff and the sensible shoes how frustrating it is to forget to get meat out of the freezer for dinner. This is, oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, you would think like, why is it such a big deal? But this has become a constant story in my life. And the last one I'm gonna share that somebody sent in was when they reorganize Target or the grocery store, it pisses me off more than I realize. Oh my God, yes. Especially these seasonal, the target with the seasonal stuff. Or when you go to a different Target or a different grocery store and it's not your neighborhood one, it's the same one, same public, same Target, but it's organized different. And you're like, I can't shop here. This isn't mine. Like that has become a very big deal for me. Yeah. You like your systems. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots. 
the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so back to this article I mentioned earlier, that again, I will put in the show notes in case you guys want to read it. The whole thing's very interesting and I thought very thought provoking, but I did want to share just one part in particular, more so the conclusion with you before I end this episode myself and give my final thoughts. And for context, much of this article and much of the meat of it is about why I'm particularly millennials are surprised by feeling old and how we maybe are set up a bit differently and certain milestones that feel like they are a pillar of adulthood and kind of the entry ticket into what we perceived as being an adult were just kind of harder for us or different for us. Examples of that are buying a house and and finding financial security and gaining financial security. So I want to read this little part and then I'm going to kind of try to sum up my thoughts on all of this. So here is her writing. Some of these millennials have become callous narcissists. Alienation does wild things to people. But in many cases, particularly further down the wealth chart, I think the turn inward, the blinkered concern for me and mine, is guided less by malice and more by exhaustion. 
The situation reminds me of a conversation I had a few years ago with a policy expert in early childhood education. In short, people don't realize how bad it is until they find themselves in the thick of it. And for a few years, they're furious. But amidst that fury, they're also just barely treading water, trying to balance the costs and sick days and aftercare and jobs and other kids. By the time their kids are out of care, they've depleted their rage and their desire to do the sort of ongoing work that would make things different and better for parents to come. That's where I fear millennials have found themselves. We became clear-eyed about all the ways society is set up to fail so many of us, came to understand racism as systemic instead of just interpersonal, rejected or refined the politics of our parents, but now we feel too exhausted, too old to fix things. Which is why I cringe at the, in quotes, Gen Z will save us narrative. Its main purpose is not to praise Gen Z, but to excuse other generations from the hard work of saving ourselves and each other. There's nothing wrong with feeling older. I like it here. And I know a lot of you do too. But as our generation ages, we have to be vigilant about the ways in which fatigue and fear can blot out even the brightest hopes for a different, more equitable world. Because even if you do find a modicum of security, it's still not going to feel like enough. You'll want more, and that won't feel like enough either. When you're this conditioned to precarity, no personal safety net is ever robust enough to actually make you feel safe. You need something more robust, something that's built for and supported by, well, everyone. The boomer father of an ex-boyfriend used to tell me, yeah, you're liberal now. Just wait till you get older. Have some kids, own a house, pay property taxes, live in the real world, and you'll see what happens. You've probably heard some version of that too. And yes, that was the way for a whole lot of our parents and grandparents. But amidst all of these novel, hilarious, and introspective moments of feeling old, I keep reminding myself, it doesn't have to be ours. And I, this is me talking, I kind of started this episode wanting to just laugh over the funny things that surprised us about being an adult and how delusional I was about thinking that that would never be me, even though that is just a natural and normal progression of life. And what I'm learning about being an adult is that as much as it sucks to have to pay for your own groceries, I always laugh when I think about this growth in me where like in college, which I'm pretty sure this is the majority of people where in college I would buy the generic shampoo and body wash and literally would take toilet paper from the public bathroom in my sorority house downstairs instead of going to buy my own toilet paper because there was always an endless supply down there. I would do that. But then when my mom would come in town or my dad would come in town, I would just like, you know, go rogue when they would take me to Costco and buy the nicest of all the things. I would like scrounge. I would literally like fill up my shampoo bottle with water to make it last longer and then like to, you know, wait until they got there. And then I would splurge on this thing that I would never buy myself. And even though now I have to buy my own toiletries and it's so annoying because who wants to spend their money on that at the same time? Sometimes I just love going and buying like a luxurious bottle of body wash. There's something that I like about that. When I was younger, I was like, body wash? I don't want that. I want something cool. I want to spend my money on something cooler. So even though I'm kind of getting off subject here, but as I've grown, my feelings have changed 
about spending money on certain things and you know I, not all my money is fun money and the th- things that are fun to me have changed even though that all has happened and it's something that I would have looked back on and hoped would have never happened as I have settled into it it comes with this more settling sensation of enjoyment like I like she said in that article I like it here I like not having to do so much in areas that I truly don't care about anymore. That pressure is off and maybe the pressure has moved to different spaces, but I really enjoy being able to spend my money on a nice bottle of shampoo versus the newest, coolest, whatever it is. Maybe it's concert tickets that of a concert that starts at 10 p.m. You know, like I, I'm not upset about the shifts that I have taken. I'm uncool and I'm, I'm okay with it. Or maybe I'm cool. I don't know. I, it's hard to know it's cool these days. And also, it's not as it's not important if I am or not. And I could be called lame. And sometimes that might feel like a compliment. Because what your version of lame is, is my version of luxury, you know. And I've even seen it change in like the types of workouts I do. And the resistance I felt lately about buying these cute workout clothes or expensive workout stuff like I used to. I used to love that stuff. You know, a matching set to wear to the cycling studio was like the best day ever. One of my main motivations for running was a new running outfit. Like that was so important to me. And now I'm, I've even had a conversation with this with a trainer that I work with. I said, I've just got to realize that I'm only going to wear black leggings. So I got to stop buying the colored leggings. I don't like them. I don't care if they're super cute. They're not what I want to wear. And I've I've got to just stick with the black leggings, even if it doesn't match the top that I have. And again, I don't care. I've enjoyed going to a new gym that also doesn't care about what you're wearing. It's not the place to be seen, which is where I used to find myself working out. I went to the coolest places. I would go on vacations and one of my favorite things to do is to check out their coolest new boutique fitness studio. Now I'm like, I'll just go on a walk. Like I don't really care to get that picture at that gym. And I like it here. I'll walk with my hand weights that to some people might be embarrassing. I'm like, those, that sounds pretty cool. And it doesn't mean that buying those outfits or caring about those gyms or doing any of that stuff that I don't I'm realizing that I'm doing less of is bad. It's just noticing that it's different. And I actually like the difference. And I used to assume that I wouldn't. I assume that it must feel bad to not have cool clothes or to have an outdated outdated haircut. But actually, for me, it feels very calm. And I guess I really needed to acknowledge that. I don't know if that's something that you guys are resonating with, but I really needed to acknowledge that to really continue to allow myself to live in it that like no no you like this versus this story in my head that I shouldn't like this but it's like wait no you do like this so you can keep doing that you don't have to do this anymore you really don't like it that much and part of that was because maybe I didn't want to feel old but now that I'm sitting here having this conversation with you guys and I've been thinking about it is like feeling old is not that bad and I'm 34, so I know that that might sound annoying to you guys. Maybe I should use this phrase, like feeling older isn't that bad. This is a subjective conversation. And and some of you guys might say, like, I don't like that terminology. Like, I feel young. And 
sure, when I use the term old, I'm not talking about like I feel decrepit and I feel like I'm about to fall over. It's just like I feel not young. I feel like an adult that should know how to (laughs) buy insurance. So really, this is, again, one of those episodes just like last week where there's not this like tangible takeaway or there's this action item for you, which sometimes can be hard for me to leave you with. And it can be hard for me to end an episode without one. But I think what I'm realizing as I'm saying this all out loud and I'm hearing it back from myself is that there's a couple things. One, it's nice to be here and I want to continue to take on that attitude as maybe getting older continues to scare me for certain reasons, or I just don't want to be, I have this idea in my head that I don't want to turn into my parents when like, actually it might be nice to turn into them. I want to keep this mindset of, I don't know what it's going to be like to be there. And so having an attitude of resistance might not be the most helpful attitude because then I might miss out on a lot of experiences that feel really good to me. And the other part I, I really think is important to know is this essence of offering grace and and compassion and understanding to generations above and below. And we've been where the Gen Zs are, where we've looked at millennials and they're looking at us saying like, oh my gosh, that's so millennial of you. The millennial tuck with the shirt. I'm like, okay, I'm still doing that. It's comfortable to me. And they can be like, oh my God, it's so millennial. You know what I mean? I've looked at the generation above me being like, oh my gosh, that's so not in anymore. And So I can have a little fun with that and it doesn't have to be so serious and I can be okay with them thinking that I have an outdated wardrobe. And again, I'm using wardrobe continuously. It's just an easy thing to talk about. Insert anything that shifted in like some of those examples that I gave. And so with that also grace, compassion and understanding for the generation above us where maybe they know something that we don't know yet. Maybe that there is wisdom that comes with age and we should take that into account. Sometimes there's some stubbornness. And I think that's what in the end of that article is talking about. It doesn't, we don't have to stay in that stubbornness of I'm older and this is how it is. And this is how it's going to be. And that's not what the wisdom is. The wisdom is, oh, maybe they have some information that we don't have. And rather than rejecting all of it because it feels older and outdated, maybe we should look at it and use it to our advantage. Like, what can we do with this attitude that they have in order maybe there's an attitude we don't want to have and so let's look at how they got there and I don't know if any of that makes sense but it makes sense to me yeah interesting stuff so if any of you guys have any thoughts on this stories funny serious all of the above you can send them to me Catherine at uneedtherapypodcast.com you can follow me Catherine.defada and at uneedtherapypodcast and Thanks for being here and listening to my ramblings. I am working on an episode, hopefully that one will come out next week, that is focused on some more of our more traditional content, some stuff around diet culture and just some trends that I've been seeing lately. So if that interests you, make sure to stay tuned for that. And until then, I hope you have the day you need to have. Bye, guys. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. 
Join me, Emily Tish Sussman, every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of On Purpose. This week, I talked to Tiffany Haddish in a hilarious, deep, thoughtful interview where we dive into family trauma, grief, sobriety, love, and dating. I got a big heart. And I'm very forgiving, but like, don't abuse it. It's been abused enough. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss this one. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.